0: Oh my blimey. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What did you have for breakfast? Bananas.
1: <laughs> Everyone turning Gina down.
0: <laughs> Bananas. La, 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 la. La, 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 I actually la, la. had a bagel again. Oh, cream cheese bagel. bagel. From, from your own <laughs> fridge or bread bin. Yes. And fridge. Yes. Cream cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cream cheese from the bread the, the, bin yeah. and bagel from the fridge.
1: <laughs> it was lovely. And a black <laughs> coffee. Oh, that is lovely. Perfect. Mm. Well,
0: you're quite loud. Am I? <laughs> uh, mm, I think you're both perfect for me. And I, interestingly, sound like a ghost. <gasps> Ooh.
1: C is classy, clams and clogs. D for doggy do That's E is easy, F for flange, G for gallon, H for ham. I for idiot. You're an, I'm an idiot. idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm K is kooky, L for lads, Lager ladies. Lads, 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 lads. M for mummy. And for, for knock knock. Who's there? Pee Who? 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 Who, for ugly. V for venus. W for W. X is hard to comprehend. Why can't I just reach the end? Yeah, Al- Z for zebra, zinc and zany. Swaggliones, zucchini, zoo, and Zucchini. Two. The alphabet is really cool well are you sitting comfortably yes Yes. then i'll begin (laughs) we are doing g this week damn right so we've all prepared a love letter about gina yeah
0: including me including me (laughs) a love letter to myself It's incredibly long (laughs) (laughs) Let's Go on on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you But <laughs> <laughs> lots more eyes mm.
1: Anyway <coughs> After that little bit of silliness I will be starting with guilty pleasures <laughs> um, which, And also sort of Morphing into, into guilt Because My oh my is that an emotion that I'm familiar with Oof Gina. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? You are too. I feel left and out. You.
0: <laughs> you. know
1: what? We're all quite guilty ladies, actually. Yeah. I don't
0: think we are guilty, but we feel guilty. Yes, I think that's more accurate. Because well. I don't, as far as I know, <laughs> none of us has committed any serious crimes. No, no serious crimes. No. Small ones. Shoplifting
1: just Jelly. a banana sometimes I'll put through <laughs> when you know how you, when you you can scan a bunch of you scan a bunch of bananas yeah. and it asks you how many you put through mm. yeah sometimes I'll put say I've got four when I've actually got five wait can you hear that? that- sirens <laughs> no <laughs> I've
0: stolen a grape before <gasps> one, one grape measly
1: stinking grape yeah <laughs> can I get a price
0: check? Um, I did steal a bunch of flowers once and it was a self-checkout and I don't think it was on purpose i can't remember but basically it's so easy to not pay for stuff on those things and i don't do it frequently and this was seven to eight years ago yeah so no one's gonna feel the detriment of that yeah except for your house if you hadn't taken the flowers exactly (laughs) unless we had someone with allergies to pollen which we didn't so it was win-win win-win um Guilty pleasures.
1: <laughs> uh, Can I? I, I, th- I also just, just I went on a real roller coaster with this, but I really don't think there should be such a thing as a guilty pleasure. I don't think they should exist. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous the notion of like oh something a bit naughty, but actually it's just like so much of it was like eating ice cream. Yeah, mm. that's not a guilty pleasure. Just that's a delicious thing that one does. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is. <laughs> But, um, and because it, a guilty pleasure by its nature just all revolves around judgment, right? But what if your guilty pleasure was killing ants? Yeah, true. Then I don't agree with that one. (laughs) Obviously, if it's something that's like morally wrong, but uh, morally wrong is such a shady thing, isn't it? Because.
0: I did. Um, To to you, apparently. (laughs) I racked my brains, and I'm sure you're going to come to this. But when I was trying to think what my guilty pleasure would be, to come up with something that I truly thought was something worthy to feel guilty of, and that is a pleasure, yeah, it was quite niche in the end. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. Okay.
1: Well, let me tell you. So let me tell you what the slang dictionary definition is. Um, A guilty pleasure is an activity or piece of media that someone enjoys but would be embarrassed by if other people found out about. So this might be movies, books, TV, foods. Generally, the guilty pleasure is something that might be viewed as shameful by some people like trashy novels or like junk food or whatever. What I was thinking about, a guilty pleasure is defined by how my definition, not Webster's definition, is surely all to do with how you want to be perceived or how you want other people to perceive you. Because if your guilty pleasure is like, enjoying the Kardashians is because you don't think you're the kind of person who should enjoy watching the Kardashians, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like you wouldn't respect someone else who did. Exactly. That's why I'm like, this is a load of bollocks because it's completely yeah. defined by what the like social norms of the time are. Yeah. Like mm. if everyone loved the Kardashians and like journalists went mad for it, then that wouldn't
0: be a guilty pleasure.
1: I so think, it's just so yeah. redundant.
0: Yeah. Steven Spielberg said if he takes any enjoyment from anything if it's let's say the kardashians then he would never judge it as a bad thing you know people say after seeing a film oh it was shit but i enjoyed it yeah he was making the point that he would never bother to say it was bad but i enjoyed it because yeah. if he enjoyed it then it was good yeah
1: yeah yeah and you say that right to
0: to, to like... pit yourself at a certain in- intellectual level totally yeah superi- a totally. superiority
1: we're all such freaks. We all just want to like be better than each other, and it's just like, guys, let's all just watch the Kardashians together
0: and make out. It's very, very difficult to to pull away all of the layers of bullshit. Like, even if you consciously try and think other people's opinions do not matter, they yeah. literally do not matter. But you have to remind yourself of that every five minutes. Yeah. Because it just yeah clings on. But
1: mm. and sometimes I think sometimes I think it's a good thing. Like if you two change your opinion of me, I would that would be big for me, and that would be I would be like, oh, I should work on whatever that thing is. So sometimes I think it's a because you, because I respect both of your opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think it's a good thing, maybe to k- slightly keep us in check. I don't know. No, I, I also know think, I think sometimes
0: that. if I isolate the opinion of the person who I'm worried about disappointing. So say in this case, you, Jelly. I thought if you found out I liked the Kardashians that I don't want you to know that about me. Yeah. If I think about it, it's not that I have a problem with you as an individual knowing that because I don't see the judgment as residing in one individual person. It's more the thought that you then with that knowledge about me could then say to Marika, Gina likes the Kardashians. It's like the spreading of the knowledge. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think individually we all are guilty of these things, but it's when one person has that information and then runs with it that's the
1: fear outs you as a
0: yeah outed as a Kardashian fan
1: yeah which I have no
0: problem with by the way no
1: no no, neither do I (laughs) I don't know if you guys want to maybe (laughs) but I feel like I definitely used to be quite like that which all again comes back to how you want to be perceived yourself It's always if there's something negative coming from you it's always you rather than as in the the other people if that makes sense like if you're putting that on someone but I, like, especially with music, I used to be, I remember when me and, me and my friend Claire were travelling um, and there was something in a bar, it was, like, the only argument we had on the whole trip and it was because that I'd said Iggy Azalea was, like, rubbish or something and she was like, you're such a music snob, blah, blah, blah. And then we had this big argument about it and then afterwards we were talking about it and I was like, what, like, what's the point in saying something is bad because it just makes that person feel bad and I feel like I used to try so hard to be like just like only talk about like intellectual art house things. And then you're just like, what a wanker. I know. <laughs> like, you're just such an arsehole. It also just takes so much energy. Yeah, right. Like pointless energy. And I think you can like you can like so many things totally. on different levels, you know, you don't have to go down one road.
0: And anyone that you respect will not be paying any attention to your tastes in, in a judgmental way. Like yeah. I have yeah. a playlist I'm proud to say it's an old playlist, so this isn't a recent thing I did. It's not even that old. Fuck it. It's two years old. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called... It's got all these... I don't want to say it now, but I was going to say bad songs. They're like songs from the top 40 UK charts that I take great pleasure in listening to. And I was embarrassed at the thought that anyone going through my Spotify might find this playlist and be like, Oh my God, like... Why does she have this? So I called the playlist shite. And then <laughs> tell myself that if anyone going through it found it, they'd be like, oh, this is a joke.
1: Yeah, I get that so much with, with with music. I think music's a really big one, right? I sometimes go, you know how on Spotify you can turn on a private session so it doesn't log what you're listening to. So like it won't come up in your like Spotify wrapped or whatever that bloody thing is at the end of the year. And there, if I'm listening to like pop stars. <laughs> I'll sometimes go into a private session just in case, like at work, people are like, Why are you listening to Chelsea Cutler? <laughs> which but then is you, so you, stupid because why the fuck shouldn't I? Also, yeah, and you're in the music industry. So it's like yeah, to be listening why, to the widest breadth of any kind of music. But that's can. why I feel more uh, that's why I'm like if I'm listening to Uncool in quote quotations see, yeah. music people be like But which is just so and also that's so mean about the people that I'm listening to that do you know what I mean it's just like what a waste of bloody time did you just say that in case Chelsea Cutler listens to this podcast and you have a crush on her and she would never go out with you I hope so (laughs) I don't think she would ever go out with me but anyway Um, but that's one that I I have massive guilty celebrity crushes on, on like people again that you feel like you shouldn't fancy right yeah and you're like embarrassed but I get them so badly. I'm looking at Marika because she gets like a different text every day. like, do you want to hear who my new crush is? <laughs> who who no, it's are That's always who very, are very predictable. So what's funny about them is I feel like the way that I present myself, perhaps you wouldn't think that I would have big crushes on these types of people. I mean, Timothy Chalamet is an obvious one.
0: That's not a guilty pleasure. No, he's not a guilty pleasure. No. But like... I mean, no, none of hit, them come are. Come on, but... hit! Don't
1: start with Timothy. Sorry, yeah. that was me trying to present myself in like a chic way. Um, <laughs> say it, or I will. Ariana Grande, massive one. That's not what, what the ones thinking I'm of? thinking of. You... Ellie Goulding. Oh, Ellie. Goulding. Oh. And to be fair, Chelsea Collar. And yeah, uh, what's Florence Pugh? Oh, come on! She's a hottie. She's... And they're all hotties. Chloe Moretz. No, I don't fancy her. oh do you she, though? No, I don't, I, don't, I swear. Um, I the swear. one from below deck, though, who's quite oh, like, yeah, it, Malia. That's it. Yeah, yeah. They're all quite a type. Yeah, they are. I think it's all people I could never get in real life, don't which makes into that. gay shame. I hate, yes. I hate to
0: hear you talk yourself down like Wait, that. <laughs> why
1: you, I'm not doing gay shame, so no, why did you point at me? <laughs> because you were the one that told me about it. <laughs> you, you said to me that the reason
0: you think I fancy all these people is because of gay shame. Did I? And it
1: blew my mind, because
0: it, it is why. Oh what, yeah. Why would you have gay shame about fancying those people? Because I
1: think it comes from a time when you weren't necessarily allowed to be with people, and so you got like insane crushes on them, and it was people that you could never be with and never have, and nice. that like very low risk, but right. but, but like fantasy. Like, and also, all of our school times were like that because it's like no one that I know was generally out when they were at school, so you had these like rampant teenage crushes, but actually they never there was never any risk involved because you were never going to make a move. And you were never going to be in a relationship. Yeah. So you could just crush on like, whoever. Well, who are you two's guilty pleasure crushes, by the way? Before We've had to go <coughs> through mine and bear my soul. Ooh.
0: Oh, I can think of a kind of historical one which paved... <laughs> Anne Boleyn. <belief. laughs> <laughs> Henry VIII. <laughs> I've got a mad
1: crush on (laughs) (laughs) Amberlynn. Did you see that painting?
0: (laughs) No, my historical or my old guilty pleasure crush, which paved the way for arguably the greatest guilty pleasure of my entire life. (laughs) Basically, I used to watch loads of um, music channel when I was a teenager and it would be like, countdowns of top 20 best Italian love songs or like every single thing (laughs) and I realized not in the top 20 Italian love songs but in something like 90s pop that I had a raging crush on Mark Owen from Take That Oh, oh yeah and then that led to a deep passion for Take That who I went on to see not once but twice wow at Wembley one of those times was after we'd even met, which means... Oh, they were both since we've met. <laughs> so you were like 16. I think the first time I saw them, I was 16. I don't feel any guilt about it. No. But... but did you at the time? No, I think I was in a kind of aggressively liberated frame of mind. <laughs>
1: <Nice>. so... <laughs> Is that around the time you got your tongue pierced?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still like take that, but I don't feel that, that heat anymore. And I don't think I fancy Mark Owen anymore. But at the time, the realisation I fancied him was shameful. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've worn out my time. And there wasn't much more to say, to be honest. But I will just
1: say very quickly, apparently, many psychologists believe that guilt is adaptive in that it motivates people to follow social norms. Mm-hmm. E.g. we feel bad when we break the rules. So that won't make us break them that often. <laughs> so if you attach the the like, guilty pleasure, ooh, like breaking the rules thing, it will stop you from, psych- psychologically yourself, it will stop you from doing it too many times. But I say... Take that language away and just frame it as a treat. Mm. <laughs> You've been
0: on top, mum form today.
1: <laughs> I really have. Also, Let's the hand—the hand has been the on hand. the hip for like the entire. Bit the right way. hand was like swirling in the air with that one.
0: You got I any say. pigs in blanket? <laughs> okay. Oh, I love a battered prawn. I actually do. So do I. Mm. Bread crumbed, actually. With sweet chili sauce. Or? Oh yeah. Mm. Okay, what are your guilty pleasures? Well, actually, I'll
1: tell you first what the <laughs> ones that came up the most were. Yeah. Ice cream, getting takeaways, mm. reality TV, and not doing anything or watching TV when you've got loads of stuff you meant you're meant to be doing.
0: I can see the guilt in those things. In the yeah. takeaways and the TV thing, because yeah. they're wasteful in their own ways. Yeah. Mine is probably my celebrity crushes.
1: I think I get quite insane crushes on people and that's probably a guilty pleasure because it's fun having
0: a crush but also ruins your life and is weird. You guys go. (laughs) I think you need to reframe that as a fun treat. (laughs) Gina? Thinking what I can rightfully feel a bit guilty about. It's if you have a plan with someone that you actually like Mm. and you don't want to do it and then they cancel it. And the pleasure I feel I it gives me a little piquant of guilt because I feel bad that I didn't want to do something with someone I actually like. But I feel pleasure because the plan is cancelled. So
1: that is you're taking it very literally there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well I thought It's also like that's
1: like that's, that's out of your control. So isn't
0: every guilty pleasure? I don't know. Do you take issue with that being my no, guilty? No pleasure. No, 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 not at all.
1: Not at all. <laughs> What the research for this has really reinforced to me is just how you should not feel guilty about anything you do unless it's something that's genuinely like... Murder. Exactly. Everything that's come up as a guilty pleasure is just great and you guys, you guys I'm talking to the fans, <laughs> should indulge. But also not indulge too much. It's all about balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marie, did you have one? Yeah, it's um, online puzzles, namely Minesweeper. But that's not that... Why do you feel guilt? Because I'm supposed to be working. Ah, okay. So it's guilty and it also is just like screen time, which I don't really like. I don't feel too bad about the morning ones that take about an hour and a half of a selection of puzzles that I do. But that's to sort of wake up the brain But it's that afternoon twitch when I start going back on Minesweeper and then I get really hooked into it and I'm like, I can't stop this until I've successfully completed one of these and... Sometimes it's down to luck when you get down to the last two bombs, so (laughs) it's really playing with fire in terms of my work schedule.
0: Also drinking at work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is a customer announcement. In the event of a correction or addition to our hazy Demi facts, please do slide into our DMs, and we will address those in a bonus episode at the end of the series. I do feel a bit jittery because I've been researching ghosts all afternoon. Ooh. I actually got very scared. Why are researching to... ghosts? Um... <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's spooky. It is spooky. Ghosts spooky. are spooky. Yeah. yeah. And my house backs onto a cemetery. Yeah, that is spooky. And some weird stuff goes on in that cemetery. Yeah, there has been a murder recently. Mainly I'm more scared of the ghosts in the cemetery. Um, so yeah, ghosts. How exciting. Do you... What, do you guys believe in ghosts?
0: Yes. Yeah. I live in fear of experiencing one. Mm. I live in fear of everything, so. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had um,
1: sleepless nights? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> About ghosts.
0: Like general evil. <laughs> okay. Malevolence. Mm. Malevolence has played a big role in my nights. Yeah. Well, Well, you, you check under your bed before you go to sleep. I can't believe anyone doesn't. I don't. I mean, too I much don't. shit undermine. Yeah, same.
1: What about you, Jell? I believe in presences for sure. Presences. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Christmas yet, Jelly. Jellum. <laughs> 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 presences. Um, <laughs> my my. Oh no! Um, I can't look at either of you. <laughs> Do I believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. <laughs> but more, yeah, and I would, for example. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's happened. <laughs> it's always in my section, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen one? No. Oh. <laughs> she's possessed a mean one no and I but I would never like I'd never do something like a Ouija board oh no no come on come on come on Um, actually Ouija boards are an interesting one actually oh sorry can I just say what I I feel like I'm not sure I believe in like spectres like Mm -hmm. the physical as it were form of ghosts, but more like presences and stuff Sorry. Sorry. And like. Activity. Uh, yeah, activity or like really intense spooky feelings or, or good, or <laughs> good feelings. <laughs> that's not a ghost. No, no, but like feeling like there's been a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone else take over. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think ghosts <laughs> do exist. Yeah, I do too. Um,. <laughs> I can't say that I've I've seen one in a sort of <laughs> physical form. Or not physical, but, you know, yeah. smoky form. But I think I've definitely been in situations where there's been things happening, which are strange and scary. But actually talking about Ouija boards, which freak me out so much. Terrifying. My mum used to dabble. And your mum now gets haunted by spirit. So she, yeah, she told me today because I i rang up and was like I'm doing a ghost section can you help me out because I know you're one spooky lady and she said she was doing a Ouija board with her dad quite rogue parenting skills yeah Um, love it though and the glass kind of like moved very quickly to the edge of the board so their fingers came off and Then the glass just moved itself like back to the centre of the Ouija board. So they weren't even touching it because the whole thing that scientists, scientists always say, boring, boo. (laughs) (laughs) It's the ghost. (laughs) Um, Is always like we, when people do Ouija boards, they are subconsciously just moving it. So they think they're not, but they actually are, which seems like a kind of slightly strange thing anyway. She wasn't talking to her mum at the time, but her mum... Got in contact and said that some other random woman had said, "Tell your daughter to stop messing about on the Ouija board."
0: <gasps> what? What? Isn't that fucking weird? Who was this woman?
1: I don't know. That's why that was my reaction, and that was it. She and mum just disappeared in a puff of smoke. Wait, sorry, can I just ask? Yeah, ask ask me loads of questions because I haven't done much research. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Does your mum feel? I mean, maybe maybe you, didn't, you don't know this, but did anything spooky happen to her before that point? Um, Did she have spooky encounters before then? Or has everything followed from that one Ouija board? Because I I think she opened the gates. I'm sure she probably did have some spooky things beforehand. But I I would also say that she would definitely say that... Well, she said to me that the reason you shouldn't do Ouija boards is because things can attach themselves to you. Oh, that is my worst Nasty spirits can sort of lock on and start zapping you. (laughs) We've got enough stuff going on. Global warming. Yeah, nobody needs that. Well, maybe the demon. Yeah, more? true. Go on, have a little respect. So I'm going to basically <laughs> just um, <laughs> tell some ghost <laughs> stories. But actually, no, first of all, we can talk a bit more about ghosts. Just interestingly, one in three Brits believe in ghosts. And 45% of Americans believe in ghosts. An interesting one, because actually one would think that maybe because of all of our kind of old, castly, like pub hauntings that everyone loves talking about, people would be more in tune to be like, I think we feel like we hear about it a lot more, hauntings.
0: Yeah. But then uh, maybe this is just me thinking of The Shining, but because America's history f- is more recent yeah. and there's more massacring yeah. in recent history, yeah. maybe I've convinced myself of this when I've been there, but I always feel like it's a bit ghosty, America. It is a bit in ghosty. In a way that I don't feel so much here. Like fresh ghosts. Yeah, hot, fresh ghosts.
1: Mm. Come and get them. (laughs) Come and get them. I feel like actually something from reading through stuff today, it seems to be that a ghost just generally is like the result of some kind of like fairly traumatic death. It's always like apparitions of people who've like, well, a bit like in the sixth sense, you know, like if like they died by having their arm chopped off, they'll be walking around with their arm chopped off. Mm. And it's like they get kind of caught in time because of some kind of traumatic imprint. That's how I think of them. Mm. Um, and they they hold the energy of that moment, so that's why they can be quite nasty.
0: Maybe it's because if someone dies in a way that someone is accountable for the death, the ghost is there to be the reckoning for the living. Ooh, chills.
1: Chills. <laughs> well, actually, interestingly, so on that line, in medieval times in Europe... The belief was that ghosts were souls that were assigned to purgatory, so they were condemned for a specific period to atone for their transgressions in life, and their penance was generally related to their sin. So, for example, the ghost of a man who had been abusive to his servants was condemned to tear off and swallow bits of his own tongue. So there was always these kind of coming back at you, and you were going to have to like cope with that. But I don't actually, I don't agree with that, guys. I don't think that's what it is, you know. (laughs) <laughs> well, it depends if you'd be in, like, purgatory. But yeah. I feel like if you're, like, a murder victim and you're you're haunting a pub, it's... Why would you have to be in purgatory? That seems a bit unfair. I think it's more what you said, Gina, about um coming back to freak out the living.
0: And just have a pint.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's where I would go. Mm, some chips? Also, obviously, ghost-wise, they said... I mean, we all know in our mind's eye what a ghost would potentially look like. Mm. Um which is often described as paler and sadder versions of the person they had been whilst they were alive and dressed in tattered grey rags, which seems a bit tenuous to me. But then, so in medieval times, the vast majority of reported sightings were male. So even in the fucking like other realm, <laughs> they're still getting more airtime. Mm. Like what, what are you going to do? You know? Maybe more men die than women, fingers crossed. Maybe. Joking, joking. You. There's ghost hunters. Would you ever do that? Go on a ghost hunting trip. I think I'd be too scared that something would attach itself to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, one hundred percent. Too spooked out. I mean I went to the London dungeon not long ago. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was screaming a lot more than (laughs) any of the children there. Yeah. And genuinely scared. Yeah, I don't think I could go. I don't think I could go I wouldn't go ghost hunting. I'd rather not know, to be honest. Or would you? Well, I
1: I think the thing is, we've all admitted that we all believe in ghosts anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference to us. Yeah, but there's a difference between believing in something and knowing that there's, like, hard fact that it's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want
0: to undo my logic here by admitting to this, but part of the reason I believe in ghosts is because I want to respect them in case they exist. (laughs) So they won't come to me. (laughs) Oh, that's a great reason. That's it's sort of so like good. Baptizing a baby before it dies. Yeah. Well, that's like what? Just in case.
1: Pascal's wager. You may as well believe in God because if you die and there's no God, then who cares? But if you die and there is a God, then you go to heaven. That's Instead, true. it's Casper's wager.
0: <laughs> very good. Oh, very
1: good. <laughs> oh. So I was looking into the most haunted places in the world. Mm-hmm. There were a lot. But I picked a few of my favourites and I'm just going to tell you about them. And then maybe I'll even tell you a few of my own ghost stories slash my managers and also my exes potentially. But um, (laughs) that's probably a bit too much. So the first one I got was the Ancient Ram Inn in Gloucester, which was built in 1145. The inn was used by priests who kept slaves and workers in there to help build the St. Mary's Church located in Wooten Under Edge what a name (laughs) it is situated on two ley lines do you know what they are it's going between churches sort of energy lines and they think that was actually coming from Stonehenge so big energy and it has also been reported that it was the scene of a child sacrifice and devil worshipping oh god yeah so then it starts getting really creepy because this stuff gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies The ghosts, is what it says on my notes. It is widely believed that the redirecting of water on the ancient ram property caused a portal for dark energy to open up, meaning many ghosts haunt property... Whoops. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Meaning many ghosts haunt the inn. The witch's room is said to be haunted by a woman burnt at the stake in the 1500s as she was accused of being a witch. A high priestess has been spotted sitting on a bed. A centurion on horseback has been seen walking through the and it ends <laughs> <laughs> the what oh I cut the end of those notes well, let, walking through yeah. the through um, the bar yeah. yeah it must be through yeah, the bar yeah probably through the bar it must be this next one is in Ireland it's called the Hellfire Club Ooh. so it was a hunting lodge built in ni- it's only built in 1925 for William Connolly who was an Irish parliamentary speaker The stones of the buildings are from ancient passage tombs said to have angered the devil, which first associated the site with the supernatural. The lodge reportedly became a gathering place for a small group of Dublin elites who met for debauchery and devil worship. Its ruins sit atop the summit of Montpellier Hill in the foothills of the Dublin mountains. So it's already a ruin. It was only built not that long ago, 100 years ago. Sack the builders. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's taken all those horrible stones as well. yeah, yeah. So... The ghosts. The tales of animal sacrifice, black masses, cloven-hoofed men and murder are linked to the structure. The most popular tales of a visit by a satanic creature in the form of a man who was only discovered when one of the players dropped a card and on picking it up noticed the guest had cloven feet. Ah! On his discovery, discovery, <laughs> the creature disappeared in a ball of flames. Holy hell. Oh dear. Um, there are also it. stories about a big black cat the size of a dog who took on a priest. What a <laughs> legend. <laughs> what does he mean, took him on? Uh, what? Um Can't, and take us yeah. outside? <laughs> and haunts the lodge. And then the most regular ghostly visitor is a young lady believed to have been placed in a barrel, set on fire and rolled down the hill for fun. So actually, ghosts just come from humans doing some fucked up shit. Right. It, that's what I think. We're terrible. If we don't want ghosts, stop. Doing horrible things, yeah, for people. and worshiping mm. the devil. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. That seems to be opening up a few weird little portals. Mm. Another one that I'm actually really fascinated in is Pendle Hill, which is where a lot of um, a bunch of witches got hanged for during the witch trials. It's because I watched an episode of Most Haunted when I was younger, and they went there, and it was absolutely terrifying. So I was reading up about that, and actually, <laughs> some people went there and did a Ouija board Ouija board experiment, and whilst they were doing it. I shall read. I'll read what Victoria Barker, who was the events manager there at Haunted Happenings, right? So they go to these places and do these silly things. Um, she said, we were up there doing a Ouija board and we were sitting around the table and this really old yellow tooth just landed out of nowhere. We were all really shocked because we could just not understand where this tooth had come from. It wasn't like someone present could have thrown it on the table. It really shook us all up because we could not establish where it had come from. Maybe oh. it was someone who had a really gross tooth and they'd been leaning over it and had fallen out and then they were too embarrassed to say. Yeah, or they sneezed or something. Yeah, yeah they
0: were like, oh my God, that's so scary, guys. <laughs> yeah. Where did it come from? It's, well, it's apparently
1: from the records, it was from a 40-year-old man. But I just thought that was quite... imagine a tooth landing it on it. It's horrible.
0: Quite, Teeth are right as
1: well. grim. Oh, and one of them kept <laughs> it as a souvenir as well. <laughs> oh, that's going to be... Maybe it was hers. Yeah. So as I said earlier, my mum, my mum is quite a kind of supernatural lady and she is quite in tune I think with a lot of a lot of things just through past things that have happened in her life and stories she's told me she's very yeah in tune with it all and we went on a holiday a few families um, to Ireland for New Year's and we had a kind of there was like a main house there were I think about four different families there was a main house where all the adults were staying and then there was like a kind of stable block where all the kids were staying and my mum basically as soon as we arrived at the stables where we all the kids were kind of unpacking and everything she was straight away asking about the fire alarms and like where they were if they had batteries in them there weren't any there so she like she found them and then we bought batteries for them and she was just kind of saying to us you know like how would you get if there was a fire how would you get out like which window would you use and all this kind of stuff which was I mean when you're like 14 or whatever it's quite like alarming and annoying if your mum's doing that because it's like "Mom, stop it it'd be cool um, but she clearly was like very worried about fire for whatever reason there was also weirdly just kind of to add another like spooky detail there was a dead rat under the table downstairs which we hadn't we didn't clock for like quite a few days and my friend stood in shit and like walked it all over the house so it was kind of like cursed as soon as we got in (laughs) um so yeah we were staying there and I did not sleep well in that house I found um, my bed was nearest the door and I would have the light on in the landing with with the door slightly ajar and I just always had that sense that I was being watched and sometimes from the corner of my eye i felt like i could I feel like see um someone kind of standing in the doorway and then moving away oh so, so but it's again it's one of those things where i'm kind of like oh like maybe you know I was a kid i have an active imagination and i'm terrified of these things so it could be me whipping myself into a frenzy but i definitely barely got any sleep for that entire trip and then so then privately my mom has been saying to my dad i'm really really worried there's going to be a fire I'm, I'm terrified the, uh, the kids are in danger there's going to be a fire and it sounds so stupid and I can't tell anyone because no one's going to believe me and dad's like yeah what are we going to do like we can't do anything about it it's, it may or may not happen whatever <laughs> supportive <laughs> um, so she kept asking us about you know again how would you get out how would you get out she was very panicked and then there was a moment where down at the main house and there was this very this portrait of this very stern looking man um, who was the owner and apparently he never liked people being in the house or something. There was something whereby because we were renting it from his like granddaughter or something and she said it, there was kind of like this slight like, feeling that like it wasn't even wasn't that happy or even in his like spiritual sense like that it was being rented out. And we were playing backgammon and I rolled the dice <laughs> with quite and I rolled the dice <laughs> with quite some force. <laughs> um, and one of them stayed up on its corner so if you imagine a diamond on the top of a sims head it was sitting like that we were all staring at it um until one of us i think pushed the board because we were already freaked out and then it fell back down again oh god i think that is physically impossible surely to have a dice of momentum for it to land on its sharp corner and stay upright doesn't make any sense to me was it moving No, it was just upright on its corner. That's insane. Just completely up. Like, it was really, really bizarre. And so, yeah, basically, there was just kind of weird stuff going on. And then sure enough, I think it was New Year's Day. We were all, again, just like playing games. And my mum came running into the room with uh, her eyebrows and her eyelashes burnt off. Absolutely kind of like crazed and was like, where is everyone? Is everyone here? Is everyone here? And we were like, yeah, we're like, we're, we're all here. It's fine. And she was like, the stables were on fire. And so we went outside, and at the top of the garden, the whole place was ablaze, um, insane, completely gone up. And the weirdest thing was the, the fire brigade came, and they put it all out and everything, and, and no one was hurt, but the place was pretty badly damaged. And he said, oh, like when he was chatting to like my dad or something after before they before they left, he said, oh, "I'll see you again next year." And it transpired that. They had been called out to that property to put out fires in that stable maybe once or twice before. And it happened again a couple of years after we had been there. But I would at this point say the reason the fire started was because my electric blanket was faulty, right? So it's not something to do with the house. It's nothing to do with it being like a fire-hazardous house. That's like a complete random freak thing. Yeah, And it just kept happening whenever there were people renting it out. That is so fucking spooky it is isn't it spooked out yeah spooked out I had the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when you started it really yeah, yeah. was that because I used um, grown up voice yeah <laughs> your I'm in trouble voice yeah exactly <laughs> jelly um, yeah. well I think that's probably I'll leave it there on that spooky little note
0: and Ooh. you spooked me out so much that yeah. even though I, I need a wee I don't want to go to the loo You guys ready for my G? Ooh. For G's G. Yes. Yeah. Well, as you may be aware, my G is garlic, which is, shall we say, the most popular bulb in the entire world. What about the light? (laughs) Don't be a smart ass. (laughs) Is that that a fact? I never read that. You're assuming. But, like, I think it just is. What about an onion? Putting it out of your bulb. OK, fine. But they're the same genus. Allium. <gasps> Genus. Yes. <world. laughs> and this is interesting and surprising, I think. It's from Amaryllis, the lily family. Oh. But it might explain why lilies are very poisonous for cats because onions and garlic are toxic to cats. Oh, yeah. I chose garlic because, well, I love it. And I think other than salt and pepper, it has to be the most popular savoury flavour there is in this world i would think
1: again you're throwing out big you're throwing well, out big no, statements I, here i don't I, I, think you i'm, anything to I'm very confident on.
0: about that okay. i having a, having a done che- the reading what about a cheesy flavor no not at all what do you mean cheesy flavor come on anything no, globally this is a specific ingredient i'm talking about okay i'm okay, talking yeah. about individual ingredients okay <laughs> okay sure okay <laughs> yeah well i mean i fucking love it well i was gonna I'm ask that garlic.
1: how do you two feel about garlic <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, really, really like it. Although COVID has completely ruined it for me, but forgetting that, the taste and smell thing. It comes back. Oh, I bloody hope so. But yeah, love it. Yeah, it's weird because it went very quickly from being probably one of my favourite things in the world to the most disgustingly pungent, horrible mm. thing. After COVID. After post-COVID. And then it's back now. I think from eating it a lot, yeah. I've kind of retrained. But And I wonder if I've just forgotten that it tastes a bit different, but I do still like it.
0: I feel like it's one of those ingredients that has... It can hit you in so many different ways. (laughs) (laughs) But it does depend on the preparation and what it's paired with and whether someone's burnt it and whether it's just a bad clove, Mm. frankly. Mm. And I didn't... I mean, I've always had a funny feeling about the green bit in the middle and cloves that have it. And it turns out that that contains a higher level of the ahoine or ajoine I don't know Mm. depending if you're Spanish or not which makes it pungent that gives it the pungency and so it it can give it a kind of bitter pungency that you don't really want so we should be chopping those out yeah I I, mean you don't have to but I think if you want more sweetness Mm. then get rid of it and I also learned that the pungency of a garlic clove depends on how you chop it so if you slice it Basically, the less you handle the garlic clove, the less pungent it is, and the more likely it will be to be sweet. So if you roast whole cloves, as I'm sure you all do, I know you do, <laughs> yeah, damn right, and then you pop them in your mouth after a good roasting, then they can be very sweet and soft. But if you mince them very finely, you're basically messing with their structure more and you're bringing out the chemical allicin which just makes them quite pungent, frankly. Mm. And Elizabeth David, the food writer, there was a lovely passage in a book that I happened to have on my shelf, and thank God she had something to say about garlic, which was only that she believes garlic presses to be utterly useless. Mm. Interesting. I think she used the word ridiculous and pathetic because basically if you squeeze the juice out, you're just increasing the potency uh, the kind of slightly unpleasant end of the right. flavour spectrum. And also anyone that's used a garlic press knows they are a nightmare to clean. Yeah. Oh my God, it's the worst thing. And quite often they're just rubbish. Like you lose so much of the bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want that effect, then just the clove under the flat side of a knife yeah. with mm. a sprinkle of salt. Yeah. Much more effective. Mm. Much more effective, frankly. <laughs> I asked you both to have a think about your ultimate favourite garlic combo. So, if you could only have garlic with one single ingredient ever again, which ingredient would that be? Oh, well, you didn't put it that severely. You just said, what's your favourite? Okay, fine. But it's got to be... It can't just be like, I love garlic in lasagna. No, no, no. 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 (laughs) You go first, Okay, Garlic
1: butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love butter Mm. and I love garlic and together... I can whip me through a pot of that Pizza Express garlic butter in
0: absolutely no time. I was thinking about this. I don't think I would go to Pizza Express if it weren't for garlic butter. Mm, it really elevates oh, the so uh, dish. I
1: would say garlic and onion. In that sometimes I'll just cook a bowl of onions and add garlic to them and that's like my favourite thing to eat. Just by itself? Yeah. That is... And again, COVID ruined it for me But because the onions have the same thing, but I just cannot get enough of garlic and onion. Really? That's very... Um, or like... <laughs> that is... If you really want Shall we go... <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a bit yeah, shocked. it is, bit, it is quite weird. A with a spoon? Well, I tend to go for a fork, but... <laughs> As if that's less crazy at this point. Yeah. Don't not even on a, on a, on a toast? I'm quite often mixed with pasta, sure, but I just love
0: it. <laughs> well, speaking of... Not Freets. really. I think my... Thing. <laughs> Were you saying that as if, like, back to me? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of freaks, Um No, speaking, you mentioned pasta. Oh, I yes. think it's a slight cheat answer because it's more that garlic features in every single thing I like with pasta. I suppose so. You, you didn't really fulfill your own very strict brief, which you clearly Okay, fine. That we if it's a single ingredient, <laughs> butter's a very good one. Mm, but <laughs> I think a tomato. Yeah. Well, I thought that's what you were going to say. I read that wild garlic, which is one of my great loves, yeah. was fed. It's also called ramsons and it was fed to cows in the 19th century. In Switzerland, it was really popular to make butter that had a slight flavour of garlic to it. Oh, wow. my God. Maybe I'm like, why did they stop doing that?
1: Could you do that to a breastfeeding woman? Ooh. I don't know. Depends. Chuck some ramsons down her. <laughs> See if her breast milk yeah. tastes garlicky
0: i don't know but do you want to have the breast milk butter no that's no. a good point Actually, or with your pizza no cheese oh, made pizza. of breast milk as well now,
1: ah. now that i think of it yeah uh, that was a s- silly suggestion
0: right let me tell you some uh, some fun little facts about garlic there are i've told you it's it's part of the lily family mm-hmm. there are more than 450 varieties Ooh, in the world wow. it's native to central asia And China still produces more than two-thirds of the world's supply of garlic. Wow. The average consumption per person of garlic per year is 302 cloves. Oh, wow. That's That's quite a lot, lot, isn't it? Nearly a clove a day. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly. Well, Which, like,
1: not on the weekends? Or, like, not on holiday? No, definitely on
0: holiday. I thought, go world. Yeah, yeah. If that's the average. Obviously, it's something that people have fairly strong feelings about. There are a few garlic festivals in different countries. Probably the world's most famous and most attended garlic festival is the Gilroy Garlic Festival, which is in California. And California's got a very deep relationship with garlic. I watched this really good documentary yesterday in preparation for this by a filmmaker called Les Blanc, and it's from 1980, called Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers. And it was just this little insight into mostly Californian people's feelings towards garlic. Then there was like a Spanish man with the biggest tongue I've ever seen making (laughs) making sausages. What an image. How big was it? Was it hanging out of his mouth? Yeah, it was like every time he spoke, it was just quite thick and quite hanging out. He had a great shirt. Yeah, we've got to make up for the tongue. What interested me given garlic has been cultivated by humans for 4,000 years or more, is that in 1980, when this documentary was made, it was still quite radical to like garlic in America. And it seems that that was also the case for a lot of English people at the same time. So fairly recently, it was still seen as quite foreign and quite eccentric and quite stinky. Because it seems like such a fundamental part of most...
1: Meals on a general, before the eighties in America or over here, wherever um how would you make a meal? Were well, using I read onions that,
0: so apparently during the Victorian era, it was quite popular here because French cuisine French tastes became very fashionable in the u k but then post war, I guess because of simplified diets and yeah. rations and all of that stuff. People's palates became really kind of simple and bland again. So classic recipes, if you go in a 1950s cookbook, it's like boiled pork, boiled vegetables, yeah, wow. and that's why people say England has shite food. Yeah, because we don't really use that much flavour until recently. And actually, I was reading a piece by Raymond Blanc just before we got here, <laughs> and I haven't finished reading it. But he said apparently, even though garlic is known as the French like national flavour, there's been a drop in garlic consumption whereas in the UK recently we've like had this food revolution and now everyone fucking loves garlic here Mm. and so obviously yeah some people love it and some people I feel have I'm thinking of my mum have paranoia about the smell of it like my mum really enjoys eating (laughs) garlic but she'll always be like oh god I'm gonna I'm gonna stink of garlic (laughs) or like if you're cooking it she's like oh can you close the door so the, the house doesn't smell of garlic and I'm like it does. But stink, it though. smells so yeah, it's, good. It's, yeah.
1: Not if you eat a, like a raw bulb, but like a well, raw. We, when we had. Oh. Marika and I had some pizza that came with a garlic butter, and Polly like, was just like, you guys stick <laughs> really it it was raw, It was raw garlic <laughs> in butter rather than, I don't know how else you would do it, but it was a, a heck of a lot. Mm. And we were sort of crammed. We went to a gig and it was just crammed in this like <laughs> small room, and I kept like burping on everyone. It yeah. was absolutely
0: hideous and we
1: definitely stank and I was so self-conscious of yeah. the, the stink that we were emanating and then it,
0: it comes out on your pores and stuff well yeah because yeah, it goes I was surprised when I read this but the reason that you stink of it for so long I just thought it's in your mouth that's what like garlic breath is but it goes down into your lungs and then obviously it comes out of your skin as well so you can brush your teeth all you like yeah, my, my forget my, those tic tacs. My sweat smells of garlic if I eat lots of garlic. Right now, I, s- I
1: agree. <laughs> i once did a wee that smelled like garlic after I'd eaten. What is that, Nigella Lawson's sort of like three billion clove chicken yeah. or something? But it was definitely that kind of roasty.
0: Mm, it was there. Stank. Uh, interesting. Roasty
1: stank would be my rapper name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, you may also be aware garlic is known for its many health benefits. It's known as a bit of a superfood. And there seems to be some disagreement on whether it really does what people <laughs> think it does. But some of just some of the things that, that people claim it can really help with is blood pressure. It can lower cholesterol. It can strengthen arteries. Some people believe it prevents colds. That's fairly common. People take garlic tablets to to ward off colds I think you should be taking some garlic no there was a
1: guy at school who um, he was scared he was getting a cold and he was I was in assembly and I could smell garlic wafting oh my god he was chowing down on a raw (laughs) clove of garlic to to try and not have a cold I was like that is social suicide
0: that is social suicide I respect that Mm. if you drink milk while eating garlic it can prevent the bad breath oh also, I know it's a bit of a stinky thing, but if I smell garlic on someone, I'm not like, uh, it's not like egg on someone's breath or oh. egg on someone's <laughs> breath. <laughs> no. That's
1: disgusting. But am I right? Like, yeah. You I are. think yeah, although I do think raw raw garlic is quite a lot to be sort of wafted in your face. <laughs> it depends on the wearer. Very true, yeah. Like if it was you or you or even you, dear listener, <laughs> I wouldn't care. But then there's certain people that I'd be like, get your garlic Oof, breath.
0: no. It's, a, it's a very, like a sort of maths teacher thing. Yeah. But is that, isn't that that just breath in general? Good point. That's true. Now, what, my friends, is the most common myth around garlic? Wards of vampires. Yes. Oh, Didn't Correct. have a chance at this. thing. <laughs> <Sorry>. Ding! <laughs> it seems that there, it's not just vampires, there are i don't know what's another word for like creepy creature thing
1: ghouls and ghosts
0: there are other things in other cultures that are that are known as blood-sucking creatures right and garlic is believed to ward off those things as well Right, leeches yeah really oh wait no not leeches i mean like more mystical than that in China the thing was like it was like a hopping being and it's oh, I've forgotten the name of all of these things, but they're basically equivalents to vampires in different cultures. Yeah. And in each case, there were four examples, garlic is believed to ward them off. Well there you go. Now there are obviously many theories as to why this has become a commonly thought thing. But these ones interested me. One is that it's linked to rabies because people with rabies apparently have a tendency apparently 25% of rabid men have <laughs> or had a tendency to bite people Yeah, and because it's transmitted via saliva obviously when you bite someone they become rabid as well and one of the symptoms of rabies is that you have hypersensitivity to pungency in anything and obviously mm. garlic is very pungent so that's one thing mm-hmm. kind of rabid vampire vibes yeah and the other thing, I don't really know what this conditional disease is, but it's called porphyria. Have you heard of it? No. Some forms of porphyria cause sensitivity to light, erosion of the lips and gums, which would cool. give you a sort of corpse-like and fanged mm. vibe. Yeah. And, And sufferers of porphyria can be intolerant to food with high sulfur content, i.e. garlic. So... Basically, people think the idea that it wards off vampires is because there are these diseases that make people not like garlic. But also, if it's so amazing at at preventing various illnesses and being a vampire could be considered an illness, then it's kind of a bit logical. Yeah, Mm. interesting. Yeah. 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 Some fun facts. Most garlic cloves eaten in a single minute... Thirty-six. Wow. Oh. Horrible. Patrick Bertoletti of Illinois. 8.36 in a minute. And that's according to the rules of the Guinness World Records, to make the new record, you have to eat them one by one. You have to finish one before you put the next one in. You're allowed one glass of water for the minute. But I bet his farts absolutely Well, imagine his breath.
1: Oh, yeah. But no, imagine it coming out the other end, like having been processed...
0: Just terrific. Awful. And that's basically it though, to finish it off. Another fact, Eleanor Roosevelt ate three chocolate covered cloves of garlic every day because it kept her memory sharp. What? And I have taken the liberty of being a bit of a confectioner today. And I'm hoping <gasps> No you haven't. No, you haven't. That you will humour me.
1: <gasps> chocolate covered garlic? Oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> do we actually have to do this? Treats for the
0: ladies. <laughs> this is my guilty pleasure. Yeah, bit you of chocolate have to. Com- but I'm ill. I don't want oh, any sugar. Wow. It's really dark chocolate. I'll try it. 85. I knew you'd. I knew you'd try and get around. Is this. that a raw clove? No, they're roasted with oh. a, with a bit of a tiny bit of honey. And is olive that how oil. she had, had, did it too? Do
1: we have to put the whole thing in at once? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god, yeah. we're gonna stink. Well, at least, at least we're only kissing each other. <laughs> Cheers! Mm, quite, it actually works quite well. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. no, the ending's quite. That random. is really quite grim. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we are, and we are all going to stink now. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh god! <laughs> I really like garlic, but that just doesn't sit well with me. I won't be doing that again.
0: Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm. I did look into it a bit more, and I think she just had chocolate-covered garlic pills rather than cloves. Oh, you! Oh, here we go. (laughs) Fucking God, that is pungent, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, it's not good. I think that about rounds us off. Lovely. Thank you for listening to
1: AS4 with Gina Jelly and Marika join us next week where we'll be handling hats hurling over hangovers and howling at humor you can follow us on Instagram at AS4 podcast A is four, A is four, A is four.